very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to the community board, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Thank you for everyone that has tuned into 52 Weeks of Hustle so far. I've had a lot of fun sitting down with industry leaders. In addition, I've written a book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. It's a playbook to being elite in the sports business industry. Whether you're looking to get in this business or you already are and you're looking to continue to grow your career, I believe this book can be beneficial for you. The paperback and ebook versions are now available. Check out 52weeksofhustle.com. Thank you in advance and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Event Dynamic specializes in maximizing revenue and increasing attendance. I'm Travis Apple and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry and I wanted the opportunity to give back to give back not only to those individuals that want to get in this business, but for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career path, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. In this industry, there are a variety of career paths one individual may take, whether that be staying at the same organization or moving to different ones. Regardless, you always want to ensure you put yourself in a position to be extremely successful and have career growth. Our next guest did a little bit of both as he has held three roles in five plus years with one franchise and four roles with another. I'm very excited for our next guest, Mike Clough, the Senior Vice President of Ticket Sales and Brand Partnerships for the Minnesota Twins. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, Travis. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm good. Thank you, Mike. And I certainly appreciate your time and really excited for our conversation today and certainly a lot to hit on. Let's start, let's start with how we introed the conversation. You've been able to work your way up within several different organizations to executive level roles. What do you feel like you've brought to the table on a consistent basis that's ultimately helped your career growth? Um, I, I, good question. I, I usually bring it back to uh, when you is, is being your authentic self. I, I like to use that phrase, right? And it's, it's about um, presenting yourself and just being uh, forthcoming with, with who you are and what the intentions are. When you, you're building out a sales team, it's uh, setting clear expectations and holding everyone, including yourself, accountable to those expectations. Um, and I think having that uh, transparency throughout my career um, has allowed me to develop you know, internal and external relationships that have put me in a position to uh, have different opportunities presented to me over time. And you certainly have had a ton of success. And now you're currently at Minnesota, have spent almost 12 years with the club, have held four different roles. You started with them back in 2009 as the senior director of ticket sales and worked all your way up to the senior vice president of ticket sales and brand partnerships. 
You're now responsible for ticket sales and service, the club's brand partnerships group with local, regional, and national partners. So, you know, give us a, a glimpse into what your day-to-day looks like. Um, yeah, listen, I'm really fortunate to have some great teams on both sides of the business here. And what that allows me to do is kind of what I just referenced is kind of set the path forward on here's what we want to try to accomplish and here's how we want to go about accomplishing those. And as a group, we'll determine kind of what that strategic plan is, if you will. Um, and then kind of get out of people's way, right? And, and, and let your leadership teams do their thing. And um, so for me on a day-to-day basis, it's a lot of kind of connecting with my team and just understanding how things are going, how they might need my assistance through things, understanding how everybody's doing, um, both from a, a professional standpoint, how, how the business is going, but also how they're doing personally, right? And how I can help out in, in any way on, on either side of those things. Uh, and then I'll typically carve off some um, bigger projects to tackle that, you know, I'll, I'll take some lead on and, and uh, organize a committee. It's typically, you know, cross-functional across the organization and, and um, spend some of my own personal time uh, focusing on maybe these, these bigger projects that, that we're trying to tackle. No, it makes sense. And something you hit on right there is just that personal and professional growth plan. I think for, for those listeners that are in leadership or want to get into leadership, that that's always key is having that, that balance of understanding their career growth on the professional end, but also the personal end. Why is that so important to you, you know, from a personal perspective? Um, I, I'd say from the, the Minnesota Twins have done a great job um, as an organization, the focusing on not only the professional side, but the personal side of things. And um, so we'll identify, you know, certain personal metrics that are, are every year that, you know, you're almost, you're asking your employees to say, Hey, what's something you want to try to accomplish? What do you want to build on this year? And let's uh, put a path together on, on how we help you accomplish those things. Um, you know, it could be as simple as, Hey, I want to get better at public speaking. All right, well, let's figure out some classes for, for you to take from a public speaking standpoint. Um, so it's having those conversations. And what I found is, you know, I'm fortunate again to have some pretty tenured folks on my team. Yep. Um, so sometimes that professional growth, that kind of next step in your career isn't necessarily available within the you know four walls of target field. Um, so what do we do? We want to then maybe focus and transition and find some other responsibilities that are maybe outside of your, your core role that you, that you have with the twins, um, whether that be working on diversity initiatives or helping build out the CRM system, right? Some find something that you might have some level of interest in that might be a little bit separate from your core responsibilities and allow you to dig into that a little bit more. Um, it just brings a different level of fulfillment um, as an employee. And I think that's always important for any team member or employee is, yeah, it may not fall up under your job description or even roles or responsibilities, but having that exposure to some of those items that are important to you ultimately are going to make you more happy, which, which ultimately makes you more successful. And you, Mike, you mentioned throughout your tenure with the team, you've really focused on building a great culture and have had a lot of great talent and been able to retain a lot of talent as well. What are some of the key characteristics you're always looking for, regardless of what role they are, you know, in there at the organization? Um, So first off, as I've matured uh, as a leader, you know, I've, I've, come to understand, right, is, and I think all good leaders do, is not everybody's wired like you, right? Like what makes you tick isn't necessarily what makes everybody tick, right? So first acknowledging that and then trying to identify, okay, what does make each person tick and and how do we tap into that? But at the end of the day, when we're looking to have people on, when we we have people on our team, the characteristics that typically shine through are those that I shared it earlier that that are authentic. They're they're themselves. We're not asking them to be something different, right? We we give them some freedom to, to be who they are, it's uh, bringing some enthusiasm and a personality to our job, right? At the end of the day, we're selling fun and we're selling emotion 
and the people that work for the Minnesota Twins have to have to have that same enthusiasm and personality to them. You know, in your current role with the Twins, Mike, really rolls up through the the revenue vertical. But, you know, there's certainly some similarities with both ticketing and brand partnerships. What would you say are some of the biggest differences in overseeing not only those areas of the business, but each individuals that are in this business as well? Yeah, I'd say the primary thing is just the sales cycle, right? At the end of the day, you're developing relate, whether you're selling a season ticket plan or a group group ticket, right? Those individuals that are the fans that are looking to buy those things, there's a reason they're choosing to engage with, with the product and, and it's understanding you know, why they're choosing to do so, right? And then being able to enhance um, that experience. And it's, it's not that much different on the, the corporate side of things. And when you sell the sponsorship at the end of the day, it's, you know, why are they choosing to partner with the Minnesota Twins and fully understanding that and, and understanding how we can then deliver that to the best of our abilities. So the relationship component is very similar. I'd say just a timeline, the sales cycle of how we transact those things are very different, right? Every day we're selling a season ticket plan or a group ticket package, right? It's not every day that we're turning around and, and selling some large sponsorship deal, right? And naturally the, the dollars associated with that, the budgets are typically a lot larger. So, um, you know, it's selling the, the different partnerships and how we can help a brand tell their story and, and get them the impressions as well that they might be looking for. No, oh, absolutely. Here on Mike, here on 52 Weeks of Hustle, we've discussed a lot about with some of our guests, the ability to pivot and evolve. And with the new norm that we are in and going to continue to be in, what is your advice to leaders and team members being willing to be nimble? Yeah, I would say uh, in this industry, we, we learned to be nimble pretty early, right? There's a lot of things we don't control. We don't control what happens on the field, right? We don't control what happens on the ice or the court, right? So I think over time, we've learned to kind of be masters of what we control and really focus and dial in on those things, right? And then um, be nimble, as, as you put it, and be flexible to adapt to the kind of ever-changing things that we don't control. Um, you know, we're, we're thinking about how we start the season here. We don't know what capacities we're going to be selling at, right? So we have a lot of different approaches to how, how we might go about our season as a lot of those uncontrollables become more clear to us. No, absolutely. And Mike, so, so going back now, prior to joining the Twins, you spent five and a half years and held three different roles with the Tampa Bay Lightning of the NHL. You started there just as a sales team member and ultimately moved your way into leadership with being the director of corporate sales as your last stop before your stop here in Minnesota. So I guess a few questions on that stop. One of the things that can be very easy or, or very hard, depending on the position you put yourself, is, in, is moving into leadership internally within an organization. One day you're a sales team member right along your peers. The next day you're their boss. So how was that transition for you? Yeah. For anybody that gets that first management job, that that's probably the, the first thing they have to figure out and navigate through. Right. Um, in, in this industry, the people you work with are usually, you're usually really close with, right. Some of your best friends and, and you almost consider them a second family. Right. So that transition into a management and leadership style. Um, I think it goes back to how we started this, right? It's being authentic and, and uh, truthful up front and developing that level of trust, whether you're the manager or whether you're just the, the peer rep, right? Um, and, and developing that relationship on those foundations, I think puts you in a position for, for success long-term because that person always knows that they're going to know where you, they stand with you because you're just being honest and truthful and transparent with them all the time. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's the best position you can put yourself in a position where the next day you are moved into leadership and the rest of the team says, this makes a ton of sense. 
look what he's done as a sales team member and now as a leader. And so why did, why was leadership something you knew you wanted to do in your career? Um, you know, I, I don't know if I know, knew exactly why it was just, I was always looking for what's that next opportunity. Right. And, and when I got to that last rung of whatever ladder I was on, I was trying to find that next ladder. Right. Um, and I've always, I've played sports growing up and I guess always tried to gravitate towards some of that leadership style thing. And it's never been, never been kind of that rah, rah style, right. It's more of the lead by example style. Um, I'm, I, it was never kind of that outspoken person on, on the field or in the office, right? It's more, this is how we're going to, this is the effort we're going to put into what we're doing. And if you're going to do something, we're going to do it the best we possibly can do it. Right. And I think I had that own, that expectation of myself and, and had that expectation of, of those that I work with. Um, and now that, you know, I've had the ability to build my team. It's one of those things I, I look for and expect from, from those on, on our staffs. You've mentioned a couple of times, you know, being authentic and leading by example. What are some small examples that you've seen from yourself or from other leaders that just do a, t- a great job of leading by example that's just very turnkey and easy for them to do? Um, just being involved, right? Making sure that you're there, uh, making sure that, you know, you're willing to, to have, a, have the conversations with them. Um, if someone's if someone's struggling from a sales standpoint, um, you know, make sure you have the conversation with them at that time, right? Don't let it fester for a long period of time, right? Be able to bring them in, have the conversation and, and ask the question, hey, how can I help you? What, you know, what is it you're struggling with and how can I be involved? Because I want to see you succeed, right? And I think some sometimes um, leaders might avoid having that conversation up front because maybe it's not always the easiest conversation to have. Um, and, and not being afraid to have difficult conversations with people, right? At the end of the day, you have their best intentions. Um, you have their best intentions as well. Um, so how do you become a part of that solution and, and help that person be better? Absolutely. You might going back to when you were at the Tampa Bay Lightning, you've decided to get into leadership and knowing what you know now, what would you have told yourself as a sales team member that it maybe have, would have helped you better prepare for the future of leadership? Wow. Uh, great question. Uh, um, um, you know, I think something you learn early on, and, and I did ign- identify this early on, and uh, especially when I got the lightning, is just to the emotional component of, of what we sell, right? Is not to uh, not to ride the highs and low of the team performance. Again, it goes back to what do you control and what don't you control, right? And making sure that you're always presenting yourself as someone that's enthusiastic, positive, and upbeat. And I would say early on um, in, in my career, and, and I'd say in, in a lot of folks' uh, career in, in our in our industry, is that um, we can tend to ride the emotional wave of, of how the team is performing, right? If the team isn't playing well, it, let's be honest, it's a little bit harder to get yourself up and have that level of enthusiasm, right? Than, than if you're coming off a, off a winning streak, right? So right. it's identifying that and that you don't control that, right? So don't let it affect and impact the way you are presenting yourself. Um, and just fine tuning that really well, uh, whether you're, you're a sales rep or whether you're a leader, probably more so as a leader, right? If you know, you're going to follow the emotion of, of, of who your leader is, right? So making sure that you're presenting yourself that way as well. And certainly throughout your experience, both in Minnesota and Tampa, you, there's been some highs and lows. And even back in Tampa, you're able to, to be a part of a Stanley Cup championship. So how was that experience for you? It was awesome, right? Uh, we made that transition down there. And in year one, we, we won the Stanley Cup. 
Um, and we all do this because we, we love sports and it is that kind of emotion that we've been talking about through this whole, whole thing. And you get there and you win it and, you know, you, you walk away, you have a great party, you get to hang out with the cup and, you know, you get a ring out of it. It's, it's kind of all those things that we work for, even on the business side of things. You always hear about, you know, the players working so hard to get to that pinnacle in their career, right? A lot of that translates to the, the business side of things because you put so much into what you do and, and then um, the fruition on the sales component of it is great. But just being able to celebrate that, that joy of, of having won, won a championship is you really can't describe it until it happens. So I have to ask the question, do you wear the ring? Um, well, I've been in my home office for most of the year, so I haven't had much of an excuse to wear it. However, um, with the, the lightning winning the cup this year, right. We, there was a bunch of, you know, texts and, and what have you going around and a bunch of the, the alumni, if you will, that, that work there. And there's a lot of us across the industry now, um, just, you know, show going back and forth with pictures and texts and, you know, so gave, gave me a good excuse to throw it on for, for an hour or two. Right. Uh, and I also, I work in the uh, state of hockey, right? So there's, there's people that find out, Hey, Hey, you were with, you were with the one you won the cup, right? Can I see the ring? So I, I have brought it into work once or twice, just because people wanted this. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed know since you're a real person doing real stuff marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news we dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the fed marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to listen to marketplace wherever you get your podcasts Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Mike Clough, Senior Vice President of Ticket Sales and Brand Partnerships for the Minnesota Twins. And Mike, so quickly going back to the beginning, you grow up in Long Island, New York, and ultimately end up in Pittsburgh at Robert Morris University studying sports management. So was there a job or an experience early on in your life from your family that you just knew, hey, you know what, I want to be in sports and maybe even sales? Um, the answer to that really is no, right? I was a, a junior in high school. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. My dad was in finance. My, my mom was a teacher. Um, didn't have a passion maybe for, for either one of those things to the degree I would want to have a career out of it. Um, and we kind of stumbled on a job fair, ironically enough, at Nassau Coliseum where the Islanders play out in, uh, in Long Island um, at the time anyways. And, and at the job fair, there were 
I don't recall the whole scenario, but you know, we, we stumbled upon the sports management as a, as a degree opportunity. And at that time, um, I think there were six schools in the country that offered that as a major. That was it. And nowadays you can find them pretty much anywhere. Pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I've always enjoyed sports. I had a passion for sports. So that piqued some interest for me. So we dug into that and looked at that a little bit more. And I, I played soccer my whole life. I wanted to play soccer in college. That was one thing I did know I wanted to do. And it just so happened that, you know, Robert Morris College in Pittsburgh, um, they had a great soccer program, great coach. They were a D1 program and they offered, they had sport management as a major. And so we just really kind of leaned into that a lot. And a lot of things worked out there well and um, was able to go there for school and get my major in sport management. And they gave me a, a small scholarship to, to play soccer there as well. So just all aligned really well at that time, going from something I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do to kind of, this makes a lot of sense. So, No, absolutely. So you moved to Robert Morris, to your point, you play on the men's soccer team. What position did you play? Uh, I was actually a goalie uh, at 5'10". There's not too many 5'10 uh, goalkeepers out there, nonetheless, in, in D1 soccer on top of that. So uh, I had my work cut out for me to, to, um, to, to make an impact on, on that team for sure. But yeah, I was, I was a goalie. So early on that instilled your work ethic and, and effort yeah. and attitude. And so, you know, looking back at your collegiately playing men's soccer, what are some key learnings that you had from that experience that you maybe still apply to your day? Yeah, I, honestly, it goes back to the effort thing. Um, again, at, at a smaller size goalkeeper, right. I, I've always had my um, challenges, right. And, and had to overcome those. And I, in my freshman year, I came to college and, I'll be honest, I was out of shape. I was way out of shape to be playing collegiate soccer. And, and it was at that point that I realized like, Hey man, if you really want to do this and do it well, like you, you got to put your effort into it. And that summer after my freshman year, I went home, I ran pretty much every day. I dropped a ton of weight and showed up in great shape for, for my sophomore year. And, you know, I really had this mentality that, um, you know, if I was going to make this, ha if this, if it wasn't going to happen to me for me, where I got to play on a regular basis there, it wasn't going to because, be because of a lack of effort, right? It wasn't because of me. At the end of the day, I want to be able to look myself in the mirror and say, hey, you did everything you possibly could, right? Um, so I still carry that kind of today, right? If, if something, if, if and, I, and I share that with my kids even, right? It's, if you're going to do something, do it the best that you possibly can. And if it doesn't work out for you, always be able to walk off the field or look in the mirror and say, hey, I, I tried the best I could. I did everything I possibly could. It's almost back to the control the controllables, which you've yeah. talked about in the business end. Yeah. So as you're studying sports management and getting ready to, to graduate and embark on what a sports management degree is, which I think a lot of our listeners and a lot of people, you know, like yourself and, and a lot of others are, what does that mean? What ultimately led you down kind of that revenue generation or that sales path? Was there an internship in college or an experience that you got while you're at Robert Morris? Um, so I, my junior year, uh, the summer after my junior year, I made it a point that I, I really wanted to, uh, get some experience. So I interned with the New York Islanders. I interned with the Long Island Rough Riders, which was a soccer team back home. And then I also worked for uh, uh, the distributor for Anheuser-Busch doing uh, kind of bar promotions and stuff like that. So that sounds like the best one. Yeah, when you're 20, <laughs> some, uh, 21 years old and you're doing that. Yeah, it's a pretty fun job. There's a lot of, <laughs> lot of stories behind that one. Um, but yeah, that's the those. after hours podcast. We'll talk about those. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so I, you know, I had a lot going on that summer, but it was all good. It got me a ton of experience. Um, going back to the, the start of your question, I didn't know I wanted to be necessarily in the revenue side of things. 
honestly, I gravitated more to the marketing side. That, that was interesting to me how, how products went about presenting themselves. I, like I, it was, it sounded, sounded fun. Right. Um, but all my opportunities that I had were more on the revenue side of things. Um, so I really tried to latch on to a lot of folks that did that well, whether it be at the Islanders or the Rough Riders, uh, or with, um, the Anheuser-Busch company, um, and just start to learn and, and, and get some things off of that. And, you know, I, I wanted to leave that summer knowing that I left a good impression on, on the people that were around me and, and that I work with, with the hopes that, hey, when I graduate, this might lead to something. Yeah. So again, after graduation, you get into the sports business as you head back home you start with the Long Island Rough Riders, you mentioned Syracuse Crunch and throughout your experience, you end up landing a role with the New York Islanders and, you know, similar to the twins and in the, in the lightning, you end up spending over five plus years. So anything stand out early on in your career, whether it be with the Islanders, as you worked your way up or even your time with the Rough Riders and Crunch that has helped get you to where you're at today? Yeah, I'll actually, um, I'll build on, on the previous answer I had um, doing those internships, right. And hoping something would um, come of that. Right. What I've learned over the course of my career, pretty much, I think every single job and I'd have to go through the timeline, but every single opportunity that I've had has come be, from somebody else because of the uh, relationship that I've had with that person. And, and hopefully the positive impression that I've left on that. Right. So my rough riders gig out of college came, you know, from my internship. Right. So, and then, uh, the Syracuse Crunch one became because my boss at um, boss at the the uh, Rough Riders had um, asked me about it, and they knew he knew there was a job open and recommended me for the job. Uh, when I was at Syracuse, and I got a call from my old boss at the Islanders when I interned there, and he was expanding the staff and wanted me to come work for him. So I came there, and then the the transition down to Tampa Bay. You know, one of one of my good buddies that I worked with at the Islanders had made that transition down to the Lightning a year prior. Um, they had some movement on their staff over that year. I had gotten to actually know some of the people with the lightning and, and their boss called me up and said, Hey, here's the opportunity we have here. One of our top sales reps are left. We, we need someone to come in and hit the ground running and love for you to come work, work down here. Right. So, and then, you know, with the, the opportunity with the twins I, at the time, I wasn't looking to get out of the Tampa Bay lightning. I, I was, you know, working in a great environment kind of looking for what that next opportunity is. Um, was a director at the time, had two VPs ahead of me, really wasn't, didn't see where that next opportunity was going to be there internally. I kind of got a call out of the blue from someone I had worked with through the NHL um, uh, that had started, just started their own, it was uh, started their own recruitment firm and we're working on the job to hire someone here and, and help open target field. Uh, so the point of that long story was, you know, it, a lot of every opportunity I've had is be, come because of a relationship that I've had with somebody else and the impression that I've, I've left with them over time. So as I think about guidance for those looking to be in the industry or involved in the industry is just, again, go back, always looking at doing the best that you possibly can, putting that effort out there and leaving a good impression on people because you never know who around you is going to be that person that helps you out with whatever next is next in your career. Absolutely. Is, is you surround yourself with good people. And I've always been a big believer. Good things happen to good people. If you put yourself in a good position and you know, I think that's why you've had so much success as a leader too. You know, you truly are invested in everyone's career, both personally and professionally. And, you know, so as, as we discussed the transition, you know, to Tampa, as you mentioned, you, you, you kind of had that opportunity to go down there from the Islanders thinking back on that, how difficult was it for you to leave an organization with that you had so much success over those four or five years right out of school, but also leaving the comfort level of New York and kind of where you're born and raised family and friends? 
Yeah, that was an interesting time. Um, I'd gotten to the point with the Islanders where I was ready for the next step, right? I was ready for a management role or whatever was going to be next. And, and there wasn't a clear path there at that time for that. Um, so I knew, hey, I had to start looking elsewhere. Um, and ironically enough, I, I got engaged um, that summer. And not a week later, um, I got a call from the Lightning, and as I referenced earlier, and they offered me this opportunity. So uh, I had to go home and have that conversation with my then fiance and say, hey, feel like moving to Tampa or what, right? Like it was a lot of big kind of uh, lifestyle things going on all at once for both of us. And yeah, uh, she knew, you know, we had a lot of talks about where I was at the Islanders and that she knew I was ready for the next thing. And, you know, uh, kudos to her. She, she jumped on board with me and said, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's move to Tampa and, and see how it all shakes out. Um, and, you know, we had knew some people there, right. Cause my friend had, had moved down there a year earlier. And um, so there's a level of comfort in that, that we weren't going there, not knowing anybody. We, we had a little bit of a built up friend, uh, friend network, if you will, already. So, yeah, and it turned out to be great. The lightning were great to me. They gave me a lot of opportunities to advance there. And I learned a lot in, in the six years I was, I was there with the lightning. In regards to the family and, you know, obviously getting to, to move to Tampa, Florida probably isn't as, as difficult of a sale as maybe then turn around and, you know, you and your wife spend a couple of years in, you know, sunny Florida and then say, Hey, we're going back to the cold to Minnesota, you know, obviously having that family and that work-life balance, we talk a lot about in that business. Like, how do you juggle that? You know, especially in baseball, the, the easiest question, I'm sure you get a thousand times a year. I could never work in baseball. That's 81 games. Like, how, how are you juggling that? Um, you know, I, I think our industry's evolved a lot in the last decade. Um, you know, for, for those who, of us who grew up in it, right, there was a lot of long hours at the stadium, um, you know, there every single event. And, and I, I think teams have, you know, as you, you introduce a younger workforce, right, and trying to be competitive and hiring the best people, I, I think we've all realized that, hey, we can't run that type of culture anymore. Right. And, and we have to evolve. Um, so that the sports organizations that get it have really started to focus on exactly that, that work-life balance and us as leaders, it's incumbent on us to start thinking about, okay, how many people do I need here on a game? Right. And, and what does that look like? And, and once you identify that you, you start working through different schedules and staffing schedules. So you do get people time away from, from the stadium. Right. I have two young kids that play a lot of sports. Like one of the things I look forward to every year is going and watching them play baseball or basketball or soccer. Right. Like I personally don't want to miss that uh, because I'm at, you know, the 75th twins game that year. Right. Like right. the show is going to go on without me at the stadium. Right. Now that means that someone else is there, you know, overseeing kind of playing that leader role for that game. And then I'll do it another game. Right. So it's, it's having for us, it, we found is, having more rotational type of schedule to make sure that you have everything accounted for that we need to be accountable for on a game by game basis and, and giving some people time away from the stadium when they may not need to be there. Right. So they can have that work-life balance. Yeah. And I think to, to that point goes about how you're retaining your top team members, you know, you instill in your team members, Hey, dominate your day, do everything you need to be done and then take some time, relax, have, you know, have some family and personal time and, Mike, you've had a, a certainly a very distinguished career that we've just talked about. If you think back throughout your entire career, what has been your best memory from being in this business? Um, it's the people you meet, right? You, you do spend a lot of time with them. Um, 
and they you share a lot of memories, right? Most people are th- are there because they're passionate about sports as a whole, and so you share that together, and you do ride kind of that ups and the ups and downs and celebrations along the way. Um, you know, for me, the, the two pinnacles for me have been, you know, being with a team that won the Stanley cup and, and celebrating that with not only coworkers, but those that I, I, I view as friends, um, that are still in contact with today. And, and, you know, I shared, Hey, when they won it this year, we're all kind of texting each other, right? Like, you know, it actually is funny. One of the phrases that came out of the Tampa Bay winning that time was, uh, you'll never, uh, walk together forever right and it's funny here i am here we are years and years later and we're still kind of connecting over that so right kind of so that's pretty together, special yeah. right um and then opening target field right it, it, not too many people had the opportunity to do that and that, and that was pretty special a lot of, a lot of work we did to do in yeah. that um but again there was a, a group that that did that and put that together and that's something that we'll just always own as as a memory together right and you know th- those are kind of the special things that that you you take away uh in our industry to that point, there's a lot of executives that have had long careers that haven't been able to win a championship or open a new facility. And so even as you look back to opening Target Field, was there a, an interesting meeting that you sat back and kind of looked in the mirror and you're like, why am I in this meeting or or how did I get here? Yeah, I would say, you know, <laughs> I would so so I have a very specific answer to that. But I, I would say anybody that's gone through that and opened a new stadium, it feels like you're almost doing two jobs, right? Because you're you're running your current season and your current stadium and your current environment. And then you're focusing on this transition into this, you know, new, new arena, right. Or new stadium. Um, and you, you know, kind of cover dual paths at the same time. So it's a lot of work and there's a lot of moving parts to that going back to your nimble question. It forces you to do that. Um, but very specific question. When we, when we enter target field, um, we actually did so on a brand new ticketing system, uh, which is tickets.com. It's now evolved. Most of the, the uh, uh, MLB teams use it now. But at the time, we were the first professional team to use that, um, which presented a lot of challenges uh, because there was a lot of things that just needed to be built out completely different and, and wasn't prepared for a lot of the things that, that we were doing. And now the benefit of going through that was we played a big factor in assisting them build out their system to what it is today. And, and a lot of the, the things you see in there because of that experience, we went through hand in hand, but I'd be lying if it didn't create some, some headaches through the course of that year and, and getting that up and running. So um, I guess my advice would be if, if, uh, if you ever find yourself in a position opening a new stadium, I'd probably uh, advise you not to do it on a brand new ticket system. (laughs) I can only imagine. I can (laughs) only imagine. Well, Mike, this has certainly been great. Very cool to hear from someone that's worked their way up both within the industry as well as within, you know, several different teams and won a championship, open a new facility. So to close it out, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seats. You ready for this? I hope so. All right. So it's certainly been an interesting year, but what would you say is your favorite item you've purchased over the last 10, 12 months? That's pretty easy for uh, golf clubs. I uh, okay. got, my, got my, you know, at the time when that was one of the few things you could do, I uh, got my fair share of golf and, and, and it, uh, I'd spend a little bit of money getting some new golf clubs. So yeah, that would probably be my favorite, favorite. Now, am I allowed to ask like your handicap or is that not uh, a great sure. question right it, now? It, uh, it fluctuated a lot. I had a goal of getting into, I started, I think at a 12 and I had a goal of getting into single digits and I think I got down to a low 10 at one point, but uh, I think I ended around 11 something. So I fluctuated up and down a little bit this year and didn't quite get to where I needed to get to. Nice. nice. Next question is if you're going to sail around the world, what would you name your boat? Wow. 
first off, I'm probably I'm probably not the guy you want navigating a boat around the world. Um, <laughs> well, you can hire a captain. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, all right, that's good. Um, I don't know, probably something sports related, I guess. Uh, you know, Grand Slam or upper ninety, which is a soccer term. You know, some something, some sort of sports yeah. term. I'm guessing. Nice. And, you know, if, if you look back and, you know, with your family, there, there might be some reality TV on. What reality TV show would you love to be on? Oh, um, I'll go back a few years. I, I always liked that show, The Amazing Race, yep. uh, and, and just the competitive nature of that. I, I always, uh, so I guess, I, I guess that'd be my answer, The Amazing Race. I always found that to be an interesting show and, and the I always found what was interesting, the dynamic of the, cause you didn't do that by yourself. There was a partner component right. to it. And we'd, uh, I was always curious, like who I would actually do well on that with, um, and you know, who we wouldn't wind up killing each other. <laughs> so yeah, the amazing race, I guess. There you go. Well, Mike, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Uh, I, I think we probably touched on it a couple of times throughout this, right? Uh, one is always putting out your best effort, right? If you're going to do something, do it to the, the best of your ability. Um, and, and if you do that, you're going to leave an impression on, on folks, right? It is always leave that positive impression. At the end of the day, our industry is a pretty small knit universe, right? And, and we all know someone who knows someone, right? So making sure that you leave a good impression with, with whoever it is you're working with. Um, and then back to where we started this, right? Be authentic, right? Don't be someone you're not, right? Uh, always, always be true to yourself. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, certainly about the, the, the effort and the attitude. And, and you mentioned the, the first thing on the podcast is being authentic. You talked a lot about that in your leadership style. So Mike, again, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. That was fun, Travis. I appreciate having me on. Again, this is Travis Apple. And thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Please be sure to follow the podcast and watch on YouTube. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. So follow us at 52 Weeks of Hustle. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.